um, we just sent out, if anybody's on the reclaimyourlives.com mailing list, and there's about 40,000 of you, just set out we're, um, one of our last emails to that group because we are, I, I will be focusing on this mastermind conversation and not just here on Clubhouse. Like I said, we're, we're using this platform and intending to uh, record these so that we can turn them into podcasts um, so people can just listen to them. I know everybody's like literally glued to their computer watching videos of everyone all the time. And I think just making it a little bit more mobile where people can just be listening to these conversations. It's sort of like what we talked about before, Christiane of like, and Renette of like the power of the press, right? We need to take back, have our own newspapers, have our own printing press, our own books. Um, and I think these conversations, like going back to like the radio days or like podcasts where we can just be tuning in um, as we're navigating. We don't have to be glued to our computer um, sitting there watching everything. So I think this is going to be a really powerful platform. Really excited to have everyone tuning in. I know it's exclusive and that it's only on iPad, iPhone, um, but that's why we're doing the, the podcast so that we can put it out to our list. And if you're not on there, there is a, um, I guess I should put in like on momolution.com a link to join the mastermind. Maybe I need to do that sovereign so people can, who want those podcasts. So that'll be another thing for our tech to-do list, but welcome Andy. Good to see you here. Christiane, Renette. Renette, you're, you're, um, you know, you were been with us for a really long time. We connected, wow, way back when you reached out and you had that post on Facebook that went viral, right? The right. mayor right, that refused and follow suit. Who knew? But we've connected. And what's, you know, can you, for people that are just tuning in for the first time to this mastermind conversation, share what this is from your perspective and why it's so relevant and important? Well, it's really important that we, we do these type of clubhouse uh, conversations because the censorship, right, the censorship um, is absolutely unhinged right now. And in fact, during our mastermind groups, I've been speaking about, I'd like for us to actually have a, a, a big uh, event where we talk about the, the variety of different censorships going on. Uh, just most recently, in fact, I went into my, my browser history and some really important sites that I've been visiting regularly had been removed from my browser history and my laptop, that kind of stuff. So it's getting more intense all the time. And um, and just for those listeners to let you know, a lot of the people who are on our, our mastermind group, if you go to their Wikipedia, uh, you know, um, you know, a Wikipedia account or you see them anywhere uh, in, in the mainstream news, they, there's this sophomoric uh, verbiage that's used against um, these individuals who are calling out these COVID lies and they're called everything as well. Well, they were once respected, but now they're, they follow pseudoscience and they're conspiracy theorists. And, oh, they, they follow QAnon too, and are the QAnon follower. And, and, um, and, you know, basically they do everything they can to degrade their character because that's all they have left. And so what's really important for people to understand is that when you see these individuals who are being attacked over and over again in the press, right, on the news, online, Wikipedia, Snopes.com, PlitoFact.com, they're over the target. They are speaking truth because if they were not speaking the truth, they'd be ignored. And what happened to me last July is as a um, mayor of my small town um, in Nevada City, California, Northern California, uh, Governor Newsom made this illegal, unconstitutional 
uh, mandate, uh, this supposed vlog, we had to wear masks. And I called him out and I utilized a Peggy Hall, the Healthy American video, that clearly went through how a law is passed. It's it a legislature, um, a le- legislative process that has to happen in public input and so on. This did not happen. So I called it out. And of course, there was a huge, huge flurry around this and people were livid. But it's like the law is the law. The Constitution is the Constitution. And you really, there should be no wiggle room around this. And so I think I was one of maybe two elected, two or three elected officials in the state of California that actually called him out. A few months later, of course, we did have a Sutter court judge actually um, make a decision uh, in a court case uh, um, brought to uh, the court by uh, Assembly Member Kevin Kiley. And she literally did decide and make the decision that, yes, uh, Newsom did overstep his authority, uh, that, that this is unconstitutional and the governor does not have the uh, authority or ability to make laws. Um, so since then, though, of course, that's when I connected with you, Amani, and Sasha Stone, and many people um, in our mastermind group. And it was soon after that that we all realized that we needed to be there for each other, right? We needed to really just kind of support one another in what seems like a very isolated, lonely world. And then we realized there's many more of us. And then we realized that if we we're getting together every single week, we should actually apply some action to what we're doing as well. Absolutely. And that was definitely when uh, Sherry joined forces and said, let's let's create an action list. Um, Christian, I'd love to have you share about your experiences because you and Renette have been the two holding it down. And it's just been and your voices have been so inspirational. Every day I hear someone else telling me I was just on with one of my um, affiliates in, in Japan who was talking about how much uh, you've impacted them over in Japan and want to get you speaking to some of the organizations over there actually so that's on our to-do list action item um renette just mute when you're not talking because there's you can hear the background noise so anyone that's coming on so if you can hop on chris we'd love to hear your voice this morning or not you might be on a call there it is no 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 i got it i I was pressing the wrong button my god i just got i know we're we're learning we're all learning i know Well, you know, I remember way back, you know, so here we are, it's a year later, right, with this, as as Pam Popper calls it, um, fact-free hysteria. <laughs> that's what, what they use to get everybody uh, immunocompromised over the past year and like a deer in headlights with the mainstream media. And unless people understand that there's a whole other thing going on, then they're susceptible. So what we have, what I have done for for a year now, starting four four. 2020 is just doing a nightly little it's kind of like a message to the troops and I have to tell you all something that is so funny that I that I heard it was uh, Laura Eisenhower was talking to David Rodriguez and they were interviewing Danian Brinkley who wrote Saved by the Light and I remember that book came out in the 70s and he was one of the very first to report on his near-death experience. And and at that time, he was also working with Ray Moody. And Ray Moody wrote Life After Life, which I read way back. And he was telling people what happened with a near-death experience. And back then, if you told the doctor what happened to you, they told you to see 
a priest. And if you saw the priest, the priest sent you to a psychiatrist. Um, so there's been a whole bunch of us involved in an alternative narrative, because believe it or not, there are still people, many, who think that the near-death experience is just a phenomenon of the brain, that it's just, you know, like Marvin Minsky at MIT said, what is the what is the mind, the brain, except a computer made of meat? Like, what is the what is the mind and all the rest of it? Anyway, so here's Brinkley, who's died, I guess, four times. And he's talking about who's running the planet now. And he goes, here's how it is. He said, I happen to know that we don't die. So we're just like a bunch of unemployed dragon rider, dragon slayers up in heaven. And then we hear a call. We need, here's what he said, we need a bunch of crazy son of a bitches to go down there and keep the light on. And I swear, I swear to God, I think that's what I've been doing for, for the past year. Because when the cancel culture started, you know, and then I was, you know, I was named, uh, I was way up there on the, what was called conspirituality on the Q slope. And when someone sent me that graph, I, I thought, wow, they've gone to the trouble of creating an X and a Y axis and I beat out Kelly Brogan, whose only sin was questioning the germ theory. And I know that we've got, you know, we've got, um, oh yeah, we had Andy on here. Um, yeah, Andy like, popped off. Uh, we'll see if we're pretty okay, he popped off. Well, anyway. That's a heated conversation. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. And so everything that to me, because I've been on the front lines of questioning a lot of what's done in medicine, I've been on the front lines of questioning it for so so long that I can smell it when it's off. And I knew this thing was off from the beginning. And, you know, but like everyone else, I'm like, okay, well, I'll do two weeks to flatten the curve. And now we're at total madness. Someone just said Cardi B was on the Grammys, which I didn't, did not watch. Um, you know, we have um, taken away Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head, but Cardi B in bed with another woman on the Grammys, that's a role model for women. I mean, up is down, down is up. And, and I believe that if we can keep laughing about it, while at the same time taking action. So I have met Renette and Eric. I remember Eric uh, first hearing a thing from Eric way back in the spring of 2020, where he's, you know, he's doing what I'm doing, like, hey, wake up. You can use vitamin D and you can use vitamin C and nobody needs to die. And this is crazy. You know, and then I remember um, uh, the doctor in the in the intensive care unit uh, with Chris, we just lost you. There you go. Then, and he, yeah, someone called. He got, um, of course, canceled. He went, I guess he went from the uh, um, respiratory intensive care unit. They sent him down to the work, the ER, because, you know, we can't have that. And then we had all the nurses wearing a wire saying, they're killing people here. And we had all the other people going around with their cameras saying, no, this hospital isn't full. Nobody's here. And so um, through it all, all of us have met each other, gotten together, and created really this kind of army of light. And, and the stronger we get, 
and the more vocal we get and the more organized we get, the sooner the entire charade goes away. We had a guy at our meeting last night. We do these Thursday night meetings that Pam Popper talks about, and they are magic. You just meet with regular people every Thursday, and then you, you know, you tell them what's going on in your state, and you file lawsuits. We've got a great one in Maine right now, um, and there's one in Ohio and all that. But this guy from the post office called the post office the circus that never leaves town. <laughs> so <laughs> this whole thing is a circus that never leaves leaves town and um well those meetings that you're hosting Christiane were beautiful it was so awesome being up there last week and that website is uh, mainstandsup.com it's that work wants to see it's like an 88 page lawsuit and of course everyone on probably has heard of Pam Popper but make Americans free again is that dot com is the website because there are groups forming and I, I think that's really important one that you're doing that and hosting those but that people start gathering um and gathering and just sharing information it doesn't have to be large groups it's really that kind of what you had said the intimacy of that and you know that group that's coming together because it's against the most diverse crowds but we're coming together for freedom and this is this is sort of how this mastermind group has formed that all of you who are risking your reputations your careers um being called and censored all kinds of things um this is the power of the group. I think this is like that, the power of humanity to to uh, continue to survive and thrive. So I love what you're doing with that. And we got Andy popped on. I think this, I don't, Andy was with us last week. You want to open up that germ theory conversation again and give him an opportunity to talk? <laughs> Chris, I think that would be oh, an awesome. Yeah, segue. yeah, no, listen, I, I would love to. I would just love to. Okay, so for me, it started with my dad, who had been in a mass unit in World War II, fixing blown apart faces. You know, when, when I was little, he something would fall on the floor and he'd go, or, you know, the dirt. He'd say, You can eat it. Let the earth pass through you. Then you will be immune to everything. So I always grew up knowing that there was, there was more to it than germs, but I also grew up in the beginning of the antibiotic era so our family doctor would come up if one of us was sick he'd line everyone up and give us a shot of penicillin with a reusable needle so we all would go hide in the barn when he would come up and but I always knew there was something more and I remember reading the work of Louis Pasteur and Antoine Beauchamp and uh Pasteur said it's the germ. Beauchamp said, no, it's the terrain. And I've always known it was the terrain. I've always wanted to know why, if all these ticks contain this thing for Lyme disease, why is it that most people don't ever get Lyme disease? Or same with polio. If that germ was out everywhere, why did the vast majority of people not get polio? Um, you know, so we make it sound, people believe this. Oh, I've been exposed. So therefore, it's inevitable that I get this. Um, exposure means nothing. I've, I've always gone through life with, I, I don't get anything. I just don't get anything. You know, well, so-and-so coughed on me, so now it's just a matter. They talk themselves into it because when you have that belief, your immune system literally plummets. And my favorite study of all time is the one they did at the University of Pittsburgh where they sprayed cold virus, adenovirus, in everybody's nose and throat. And then they determined 
how many different social interactions they had. Now, this is very important for right now because they have the powers that be, the, uh, you know, we call them the high-frequency dark beings, um, have separated us. The one thing that really helps human immunity, being together. So in this study, what they did was they studied who got a cold, who actually got the, you know, the runny nose and all that, and they weighed the box, the uh, bags of tissues. That's how they determined how bad your cold was. And they found that those people with the most diverse social interactions were the least likely to, quote, get sick, to catch the cold, even though everyone was exposed in the, to the same degree. So, you know, it's not enough to have, you know, just you and your cat. You got to have like there would be a dance group and a church group and your family group and all of that. So for maximum immunity, you don't want all your eggs in one basket. You want to have a whole diverse group. And that's why the Thursday night groups are so valuable. You're hugging everyone from people running an ayahuasca church to fundamentalist Christians and lobstermen and nobody cares because we're all in it to win it for freedom. Okay, now on to Andy. Christian, that was a, a great synopsis. I uh, really appreciate that. Appreciate it. And um, you know, I came up as you did through the conventional allopathic medical system, right through medical school. I was actually a physician assistant before that. Even I worked in uh, hematology and oncology, and then you know, seeing how we look at everyone, and it seemed to me that we're always fighting nature, and we lose track of the truth that we are really a part of nature, right? And we interact with it as a, as a part, as an integral part, and that there is this balance, right? And we've learned the term homeostasis, but it's really more of a, a harmony, I would call it, because it, it involves more than just the physical nature. But we all, you know, support each other. And, you know, your interesting example about having a lot of social contacts because we exchange information between e each other all the time and we don't know how all this information is passed of course but we we certainly know that we talk to each other but also we exchange microorganisms and we go to a different environment right there are different microorganisms in that environment and those uh, microorganisms give us all kinds of information about how to better deal with what's going on in our environment and that's you know why I really think it makes us healthier so that we can uh, respond to that information and be less vulnerable to, you know, toxic exposures, for example, uh, in that environment. And, you know, the whole idea of contagion is often talked about as supporting the germ theory, but uh, really there are other mechanisms that people communicate this information that helps to deal with a common exposure, a common situation. And I think that's that's really what, what we're seeing. And this occurs, of course, in social uh, arenas as well, like with laughter um, and even uh, crying where it passes from person to person. We know that uh, women who are close with each other over time will synchronize their menstrual periods. And, uh, you know, of course, we'd never say that these things are through a virus or a germ, uh, 
uh, because there's some other mechanism that we don't know, but it's actually a mechanism that shows our social and community nature, right? That we need each other to survive and we need to respond to things um, in a similar uh, fashion in order to maintain our balance and harmony. And this is really what we see with terrain theory. And so examples that you know, help uh, make us more confident about this and tell us that contagion is not really a thing would be, one would be leprosy colonies. And that's a really interesting example because we're told that leprosy is one of the most uh, contagious diseases. And people that had this condition were kind of sent off to live, you know, separately so that they wouldn't, uh, quote unquote, infect the other people. But they had medical personnel come in and care for them uh, and live there none of those people ever got sick with leprosy. So how do we explain that if it's about contagion and germs causing disease? You know, the, the reality is, is that there are other causes for these things and we just haven't really spent the time uh, to look for them. And uh, so you can understand them and you can look at the traditional approaches, uh, which have been around for, you know, thousands of years, uh, perhaps many of them before modern medicine. And and these illnesses were looked at in a totally different way. Uh, for example, in Chinese medicine, there's no concept of germs or infection at all. Uh, it's really interesting that now there are Chinese medicine schools that require you to wear uh, masks and even vaccinate, even though Chinese medicine would not account for that at all. <laughs> it's a, somewhat of an interesting contradiction. But when you see that we uh, really are you know, an integral and balanced part of this natural world and that the microorganisms that live in our body and actually come from our own cells, which I can, you know, certainly talk about, um, it supports our life and is necessary for life and is not our enemy. And even when we get sick and some of these microorganisms cause symptoms like uh, secretions like a runny nose, the purpose of that is to purge your body of unwanted constituents and uh, dead and dying cell debris. And and so it's actually beneficial and part of the healing and perhaps the discomfort that you feel with that is a signal for you to perhaps try to breathe cleaner air or eat better food or get more exercise. Um, and if you heed that warning, then the next time you express that sort of detox reaction, if you will, it will be less severe or less frequent. Thanks, Andy. And I know that you and Tom are really um, putting out that, you know, I mean, what's the message that you want to get across to like the bigger audience? Because we're having the conversations behind the scenes. But I think this is a great platform to start planting seeds of really what are we trying to do? I know, Eric, we were on that discussion last week and you were inviting Andy and Tom to really lay out the full presentation. So I'm, I'm curious if you can jump in and piggyback on what Andy's talking about and give your, your point of view. Well, first of all, good morning to everyone or good day, good evening, wherever you're watching at. This is such a powerful community to be a part of. You know, it's so amazing. You get to hear, you know, Christiane talk about, you know, when she grew up, how 
you know, yes, it was allopathic, but, you know, she had the, like me, the five second rule whenever I was growing up as a kid. You know, my parents told us flies don't hurt anybody. Eat the donuts. You know, I mean, it was it was just a little silly uh, growing up in, in that environment, understanding that really it is about terrain and not just about exposure. And I love that we get to have these conversations because, first of all, this is what healthcare really is. It's it's people getting together, experts getting together, sharing the knowledge that's been passed down uh, from generation to generation of of wellness experts, uh, healers, whatever you want to call it. This is how we truly uh, heal this world is, is through platforms like this. So I'm just honored uh, to be a part of it. And I'm just excited because we do need to have that conversation. Uh, you know, Andy and Tom's conversation that they're going to lay out the science, the data, uh, and then the actual application of the importance of understanding the germ theory is exactly that. It is the germ theory. Um, It is not necessarily the germ law. You know, like the law of gravity states, if I jump off the top of my, you know, building here, I'm going to fall. No question about it. But again, to uh, Andy's point, if you get exposed to something, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily sick. And uh, by the way, uh, I agree with you with the uh, the leper colonies. Um, Andy, you know, uh, many of you guys may not know this, but my my family and I and our organization um, are wellness warriors. We actually build wells in India every year, and we have several uh, leper colonies there that we help take care of. And I remember the first time hearing from the, the medical providers there that they don't get sick. They don't have problems. They don't spread this. The fact that the leprosy spreads in these, in these communities is because of the toxins and the pollutions and the lack of nutrients. And really the, the terrain is a mess. So I'm just so honored to be able to be a part of this, this conversation. And I have to tell you, um, you know, our light shining and every one of you on here that are watching right now and listening, let your light shine as well. You know, just this morning, I had just an amazing opportunity to meet with some lawmakers here in Missouri. And I got to show them the studies that just came out March the 12th from the CDC saying, hey, look, yeah, you're right. Masks work 0.5% of the time. Uh, and hey, look, shutting down your businesses works. Yeah, 0.4% of the time. So it's statistically zero. It doesn't work. And you should have seen their jaws on the ground when I showed this to them. And literally they said, why have our health departments not shown us this? Why are, why are the powers that be not giving us this info? So people are waking up and and just like the power of those Thursday night groups that we're talking about with Make America Free Again and any group and organization that you can be a part of, we are creatures of community. And if anyone looks at the longevity studies that have been done, people that live long, happy, healthy lives have relationships, have physical contact with each other, are, are around community. We need that for our immune system, our physical well-being, and our spiritual and emotional well-being. And Imani, you're totally right. Weakening the immune system happened because we decided to go into our basements, or some of us did, and stay away from each other. And, you know, the house of cards is falling, and we all have to make sure that we educate, motivate, inspire each and every one of us by letting our light shine individually so that we don't ever allow this to happen again. Uh, and I love what you said about this team, about this army, about this this group. We really are coming together and rising up to let our light shine, which is going to give everyone consciously and unconsciously the opportunity to let their light shine as well. And I know that many folks that are listening now and gosh, 
all of us on this all of us on this uh, call right now have all experienced some type of ridicule. I mean, you know, I'm the famous doctor that apparently claims that uh, you can cure COVID by drinking tonic water, which I never <laughs> said that, but you might be able to. Um, you know, and, but you got a lot of views on that video, Eric. <laughs> yeah, fifty million of them. <laughs> don't forget the gin. <laughs> I know that's what I, I that's what I was actually drinking. You know, there there is actually a gin-based remedy that you could uh, treat this with. It's with uh, asafoetida using gin to make a tincture of it. Sorry, just thought I'd mention it. Yeah, I know you have to hop off. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, I just I just appreciate this group and and I just want to encourage everyone to share this mastermind with their friends and family and loved ones because man, people really want to know the truth. And and last thing I'll say is this is that to me 2020 was a year of 2020 vision and clarity and certainty and mm. the darkness and evil that is is in the world has been brought to the light and people are now going, wow, I can't believe all this is happening. And it only takes a few of us to unite and stand up against this so that it never happens again. And we, the people truly possess the power. We, the people really possess the power to stop this. And I was just asked this morning on radio when I think this whole thing will end. And the answer is very simple. When we decide it, is going to end is when it's going to end. Love it, Eric. I love your light shining bright and bringing that energy into this conversation and um, that 2020 vision that's just defines it perfectly. You know, we are these creatures of community and it's great. This is such a perfect segue to bring in Renette who's been, you know, there in California working more from that political view and building community and you know, I know that we the people deciding to end this when we decide to end it would be a great way for you, Renette. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to say, we've talked about this a few times, and that is that, you know, there was a storm, um, a storm had, had risen in 2020, and at the end of 2020, the dust began to settle, and we literally were, all of us were looking around um, along the horizon to see who was still standing, who still had a backbone. And then we found each other, and once we found each other, we started to come together and get to know each other and formulate plans and ideas and cross-pollinate and share our experiences. And now we're moving in, in unison. And what's happened here in the state of California, because we know, we know what happens in California is going to influence the rest of the nation and probably the rest of the world. And I think the two biggest nations right now that are actually pushing back is that of, of America and, and Germany. And California in particular, because of Newsom, is, is a focal point. So most beautifully, what's happened is over the last few months, many, many different people from different political ideology, spiritual, religion, doesn't matter, gay, straight, rich, poor, does not matter. We're coming together and we are working on a campaign right now. We're almost ready to launch in about two weeks or so. Um, just some final details with the website. And we're just calling it Wake the Bear right now. And it's a beautiful campaign. And it is a campaign that is, is meant to serve us now by ensuring that we serve seven generations from now. And, and this was only possible, and we all say this, this is the kind of work we could not have done before. These are the kind of 
policies, right? The kind of networks, right? The kind of vision that was not even available to us because there wasn't a crack open, right? There was nothing that cracked open yet. And everything around us, the systems around us, not only cracking open, they're completely falling apart and, 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 and falling into, into ash. And so this is our opportunity to rise and to actually start trading the world that we really, really want. Because you know how we have people saying, who, you know, the new normal, the new normal. And people are saying, well, I don't want to go back to the old normal. Well, I don't like the new normal they're actually, um, you know, suggesting right now either. I want it to be our our world, not their new normal. <clears throat> but most people didn't like the old normal, right? Most of the people were in a, a you know, a, a, a hammer, what do you call it, a hamstead wheel, running around, running around, you know, working 80 hours a week and, and never being able to pay their bills and make ends meet. And, and we're exhausted. We're tired. It's not fulfilling. And so nobody wants to really go back to that. But what's being presented to us, right, this this dystopian, uh, technocratic surveillance state is does not sound that appealing either. So, so we have we are at a precipice right now, right? We're at a, we're at a crossroads. We either give up, or we find a different way to continue. We're going to find a different way to continue, or not only going to, but people are literally laying out the tracks right now. We're coming together, laying out the tracks, and it's not just people who are working on the political level. We also have now attorneys around the world who are coming together. Um, Rainer Fulmich is one who's in German, uh, Germany. He, he's uh, actually from Northern California, but he's been working. And in fact, I highly, highly recommend all the listeners, if anybody wants to understand where we are today, I really recommend all the listeners Google uh, Rainer Fulmich and Naomi Wolf interview that just came out. They have their COVID investigation commission. And uh, I really highly suggest everybody watch that interview because Naomi Wolf lays it out clearly where we are. And this is why people are rising because we understand that we have got to push against this evil and we're doing it. But we're going to go beyond just pushing back against an evil. We're going to actually start building the world that we all want of our own choosing. And as scary as COVID has been, as, as difficult as it has been, and it has been very difficult for many of us, this is the best chance we've ever had to build the world that we all want and deserve. I love that, Renette. What, I didn't see that interview yet, right? Yet. Did you, Christiane, see that interview with Naomi Wolf? I did not. I did not. But, you know, I'll tell you what I love about the idea of Naomi Wolf, all right? She's a very, um, what we would call liberal, left-leaning uh, voice. She has written uh, The Beauty Myth, and then she wrote Vagina, an Intimate Geography. And, uh, and she's been roundly criticized for that one. So uh, she's she's perfect. <laughs> Right. right to listen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to find that one, Renette. Can you send me the link? And definitely very curious. Uh, I, I sure that. will. Yeah, I would we'll, love to. I'd love to listen. That'll be great. Yeah, put that in our little signal chat, and uh, or send it to me and Chris. I'll, I'll listen right to that. Now. Perfect. And then, um, with that, just anybody that's just tuning in, welcome to our weekly mastermind podcast. We've got a lot of our uh, our mastermind group are traveling. They're all messaging me. Dolores is in a meeting. Carrie Maday is in a meeting. Dr. Larry's out of town. So I'm glad that Andy and Eric popped in. But it's it's never a problem leaving it up to you and Renette. Did you handle a conversation? So, if there's anything that you really want to share that we can dive into, I mean, we we've been talking about the censorship, and both of you have had massive censorship 
And um, I think maybe just stating for the record, like getting your your uh, who you are clear. Not that anyone in this group probably um, ha- has any doubt, but you know, I think if this we can start distributing and getting these out there because Renette, you've been doing some amazing videos. You did that one with you've done a couple, I think, with Sherry. And mm-hmm. can you just speak to the censorship that's happening around that? I know you and Chris did one. Yes. Right, right. Um, yeah, I do have a YouTube channel called Renette Senum's Chew on this. It's R-E-I-N-E-T-T-E and then Senum, S-E-N-U-M. Renette Senum's Chew on this. It is on YouTube and also on BitChute. Um, but of course, every time I have a, an interview that starts really taking off, YouTube will take it off within hours. So they have censored um, the last two interviews I've done with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Um, luckily, other people have uh, uploaded those those videos, especially the first one I did back in January, and that's gotten well over a million views and, and continues to circulate. And then most recently, a week ago, I did another interview with Sherry Tenpenny called The Top 10 Ways the Shot Will Affect You. And you can find this also on BitChute, Renette Senum Chew on this. And and she just goes into great, great, um, uh, you know, discussion, uh, uh, you know, and details of what's the top 10 different ingredients that are going to affect you and how they're going to affect you. And and let me tell you, when I have people call, when I see people call Sherry Tenpenny a conspiracy theorist or tinfoil hat wearer, it's like you guys have no idea the thorough amount of research she does. I think she has over 17,000 peer-reviewed studies in her own server somewhere in another nation on this planet. And Actually, and, you know what, Renette, I talked to Michelle. I think they have 14 different servers. Oh, that could be. It could be. Yeah. It's huge. So this woman is dedicated to vetting studies and, and you know, and, and understanding them and then putting them together in such a way that she can actually explain them in layman's terms. Which, let me tell you, these studies are complicated. The ingredients are complicated to the average Joe. And so she does a beautiful job. And that's where this, um, you know, the 10, the 10 ways that the, the shot can affect you is a jaw dropper because you realize that these are not vaccinations. This is, this is really essentially from what I can tell, a, a eugenics program. And I'm saying this now from a personal experience because I have to tell you guys that I have not had any near, near friends or family members who've died from COVID. I've had members supposedly who've had COVID when they've been sick, like when they had a flu, but nobody's died. But I have to say I had one local friend now who got inoculated, his second inoculation, had not been to work for a year because he was high risk. He got the inoculation. And then two weeks later, he was on his wife's, with his wife on the beach, having uh, their anniversary and he dropped dead of a cardiac arrest. We now have my partner's aunt, 85 years old in England, had COVID, was hospitalized. It was touch and go. She recovered, full recovery, doing great. Had her second inoculation. A few days later, died of complete organ failure. This is extraordinarily upsetting. And what people don't realize is this is the setup. And so now we're already seeing people who are so afraid, who, who've lost their senses. We're talking even organic farmers, right, who, who don't put toxins in their body. Insane. Insane. Running for the injection. And, and this is something that I've been shouting out since last summer, everyone. This is psychological warfare. When we came out of our first lockdown in California, I happened to be out with people who were literally walking out their doors. And they're like patting their body, like looking at themselves. My God, did we survive that? And I was looking in their faces. And I kept thinking, God, they, this reminds me of something. This reminds me of what's, what's that look in their face? And I'm like, oh, they've been traumatized. This reminds me of when I went to Hurricane Katrina right after the hurricane. 
they've been traumatized, right? But the, but, but the traumatization didn't end. That was just the beginning. It has continued and has built over this whole entire year. So what we're seeing is we're seeing psychological warfare unhinged, folks. This is World War III. A shot does not need to be made. We, this is not going to be involving bombs and bullets. This is psychological warfare. It is information disinformation warfare. It is censorship. It is propaganda. This is highly, highly sophisticated. And the kind of wars that we are facing today are the ones that are not going to in, involve weapons, right, of, of, of your um, typical wars. It's going to be the kind of weapon that you go right and you you run towards the bullet yourself you actually head for it yourself and that's what we're seeing we're seeing people actually going out there literally heading for their own deaths their own choosing this can and only is psychological warfare so i keep trying to implore people for those of you who are considering taking this inoculation it's not a vaccination please at the very least ask your family members if they can hear you you know listen to this don't do it just wait just wait a few weeks just wait a month or two you're going to be okay you're going to survive but just wait and watch the fallout because it is happening quickly and furiously and it's going to have to be individuals such as yourself those who are listening who do have family members who have been inoculated you're going to have to be the one to do the shouting and the screaming at the top of the hilltops to let people know this is happening. Because we have people all around us who are now dropping dead, who are elders, respected people, who have been cornerstones of our community, who are now all of a sudden dying. They're, 80s and, they're in their 80s and 90s. And I'm asking, do they, get, do they get inoculated? Do they get inoculated? We need to talk to the family members and the close friends and neighbors. We have to find out from them because the press... The press is not covering this. We know people are dying right now from the inoculation, from firsthand experience. And our public health department is not sharing the vital statistics. You want to do a public records request or a FOIA request? They are illegally not giving that information. It's absolutely illegal to do that. So they're not giving us the vital statistics. And the press is not covering it. It's going to only be you and me sharing on our Instagram accounts, Twitter, Facebook accounts. There's also on Telegram special coronavirus investigation or coronavirus um, uh, uh, telegram channels that actually share that information. And it is chock full of people getting rashes, having strokes, losing their eyesight, going blind, dropping dead of cardiac arrest, um, having strokes. I mean, the list goes on. The only people, the only way we're going to get this information right now is from one another and, and sharing it as loudly as possible. And that's where we are. Exactly. That's why we moved onto this platform so we could, you know, leverage some uncensored space for as long as we can so that we can get this out. So if you're just coming on to this Mastermind Brain Trust, welcome. If I know many of you just got on Clubhouse for this conversation to be part of it. Um, I Please share it with others. If you have invites, invite others to the platform while we work on other solutions that will be even more uncensored. But, you know, there, that reminds me of that chart you brought up. Chris, I know you want to speak because there's so much that Renette just laid out as far as one, the, this not being a vaccine and really being labeling what it is. It's a shot. It's an injection. It's poison. Um, this is, uh, you know, tactics of population control and psychological warfare. But one of the things that Dolores, I think it was Dolores in our last conversation, right, that bringing up what they're, they're actually trying to do the tests. Can you speak to that and respond to what, what Renette just said? 
Uh, yes. Um, what I want people to know is, I, I wanted to share some things that to me past, I mean, I have been on the forefront of this stuff for decades. And every time a child gets six vaccines and then dies of SIDS in the next three days, that's called a coincidence. Every time a child has seizures and then loses their developmental milestones, no longer talks, no longer walks, and becomes autistic, that's a coincidence. When I was in med school, you never saw autism. It was maybe one in 4,000. It's now one in 32 children. So it's no surprise to me that when someone, I'll give you an example, 39-year-old, perfectly healthy mother of one, a one-year-old, single mother of one-year-old in Utah, gets her second inoculation and four days later goes into total organ failure. Kidneys shut down, liver shuts down, all of it, and she's dead. The mainstream media says this had nothing to do with the injection. Uh, another case, a woman who got the inoculation, she's nursing her baby. The six-month-old dies of thrombocytopenia purpura, which is the platelets stop working and the baby basically bleeds to death. Why? Because the mRNA or the spike protein antibodies pass into the breast milk. And so that six-month-old dies. I was talking with a woman this morning who, for her work, got a flu shot a while back. She was five months pregnant. Not only did she lose the baby, but she also became sterile as a result and now has rheumatoid arthritis. These are all absolutely consistent with the ingredients in the shot. And as Sherry Tenpenny said, she said, it's taken me 20 years just to get people to question what's in the needle. So now what we have, this thing is a platform. It's an injection and it's, it's a platform to change your DNA. It's, it's the Ray Kurzweil singularity. And the way they're selling it, I want people to know this, that the dark controllers want to be God. They want to be creators. And so they're putting artificial stuff in your body. Now, the mRNA is not, uh, it's synthetic. It's not found in nature. And so it works by what's called transfection, the same way they create a GMO seed. And remember that a GMO seed um, is not is not fertile. It's not sterile. It won't produce other seeds. Um, so the same token, once you get injected with this, you as a human are patentable according to some of the laws. And those are the ones who live. I believe that there's going to be a whole lot of people because here's the here's the thing. The first go around when they inject, it's a platform. It's a platform in your body so that you will then be told you need the next one and the next one and the next one. And when people start to die in six months to a year because of pathogenic priming, the powers that be will call it a more virulent variant of the virus. 
which is absolutely wrong. It's pathogenic priming. What happens is this sets your body up so that the next time you come in contact with a gene sequence, a DNA or RNA sequence that looks like whatever this spike protein is, that will cross-react with your body tissues. We know that it cross-reacts with 22 different human tissues, kidney, lung, heart, brain, etc. What happens is the macrophages will go in and create inflammation. That's what happens when you cut yourself. It gets red and hot. That's supposed to happen. That's the immune system coming in to clean up the mess. Here's the problem. This particular platform they put in you has a Trojan horse aspect where it will disable the second wave of macrophages, the cleanup crew. So to be like, you, you know, you have uh, sewage in your basement and you call Serve Pro. And instead of coming in to clean it up, they just keep dumping more and more and more in because the cleanup crew is now disabled. And so you people are going to get total body inflammation, just like the ferrets that were injected with something similar in the only animal experiments we know with this kind of injection. And you will never hear this. The other thing I want all of you listening to know is that you can always tell the truth about anything going on now. It is the things that the fact checkers tell you are false and that uh, they defy community standards. People have actually put up CDC data like what uh, Dr. Eric Naputi was talking about, you know, that the masks are definitely effective 0.5% of the time. Um, you put up that data and a fact checker from Facebook or Instagram will say, this violates community standards. So that's where we are, but you're all here. Bless you, bless you. And the other thing, you know, Moni, you talked about the censorship and um, the other thing that's happening is it doesn't matter who you are or what your credentials are as a physician, as a scientist. The minute you tell the truth, the smear campaign begins. It's called cancel culture. And I didn't know what cancel culture was last year, last spring. Boy, do I know what it is now. If you'd like to know, everybody, go over to my Wikipedia page. I didn't even know I had a Wikipedia page. You're and so I, famous, Chris. I, I, I am. I'm so famous. Wikipedia and Snopes are both complete bollocks. They are bullshiggity and they are, you can't, the only thing maybe reliable in Wikipedia is if you ask what's the chemical formula for table salt, sodium chloride. I think they'll probably get that right. But I did go to Wikipedia for an ingredient in the Pfizer inoculation, MR5. I thought, what's MR5? So I whip over to Wikipedia. It is fetal lung fibroblasts from a 14-week aborted Caucasian male. That's in the Pfizer inoculation. That is DNA that goes into your body because DNA is infinitely programmable. And most people, if you said, you know, do you want to have a fetal, you know, fetal DNA from a 14-week aborted male fetus? You want that in your circulation forevermore? I think they'd want to know that. That would be called informed consent. Okay. I love it. 
well, that reminds me because when um, Carrie was talking about that, right? Carrie Madey, Dr. Carrie Madey. Um, oh, yeah. She'll be on next week. Trying to get, yeah. Yeah, trying yeah. to get Carrie, but she was basically saying, I mean, one, that creates it so that we're programmable and, as Renette said, patented. I mean, I just don't think people understand the scope of scale of what's going on and that fear that Renette outlined. And that reminds me that that scale, Renette, that you, you introduced way back of, you know, how this is basically like how they attack. I think breaking that down like how did we get here because I just talked to people one my person in Japan and she's like it's just so strange that the people that you know like you said the organic farmers or the healers or Chris we were talking about the people that you know, all the books you were going to burn for the people that you've listened to that went and actually got this poison that have been teaching about healing you know and, and like Starhawk and who's the other one I mean like what no no okay. yeah Mark Hyman Mark Hyman, functional medicine doctor. Um, uh, Abraham Hicks, Esther, uh, channeled some kind of thing about how this uh, yeah. was a great thing to do. I mean, these are these are the people uh, who were the cornerstone of mind-body medicine, energy medicine, affirmations, all of that. My publishers will no longer promote my work. This is after 10 Oprah appearances, NBC Nightly News, three New York Times bestsellers, um, one of the most 100, 100 most respected people in America in 2013. Um, I still so, say 2020, 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, anyhow, you know, here we are. And what's so great, though, after you've been thoroughly canceled, what you find is, I don't want to belong to that club anyway. Like, I don't want to be involved in any way. I currently have uh, the New York Times it has constantly, you know, well, we want to do a feature on you. Oh, sure you do. Sure you do. How about no? Um, one of our lawyers for Make Americans Free Again says he will not do a print interview because the print interviews in anything that's mainstream are completely falsified, taken out of context. So the only thing he will do, Tom Rents, is a live, in, a live interview where they can't twist his words. Right after the flu mandate hearings that I testified in in January, the first paper and, and the NBC affiliate in our state actually posted that I was for these vaccines and that I always had been because vaccines are an important part of um, And I thought, wow, when you're not trashing me, if that doesn't work, let's just face no, I, I do want to go quickly. Uh, people may or may not be familiar with the Biderman's chart of coercion. So I, I do want to just go over this quickly to let people know how we got here. And we've been we've been showing this and speaking to this for months now, right? Um, and this is the psychological warfare. To let your listeners know, um, the Biderman's chart of coercion came about in the early 1970s through uh, Amnesty International. And what they did was they did an analysis of all the different despots and dictators around the planet who had prisoners of war and were torturing individuals and as well as uh, coercing their citizens um, you know to, to get their ultimate end result and so there's only eight steps basically that's required to torture somebody um, and to coerce somebody the first one interestingly enough is isolation and we know for a fact that isolation is the best way to torture an individual it's actually better than waterboarding or removing your fingernails 
We also know that if a person is in isolation more than 20 hours a day, 15 days in a row, you will psychologically impact them. Just think about that. Right? 20 hours a day, 15 days. How many days have people been locked away in their own homes? So isolation is the first and most important. Then after that, it is a monopolization of perception. Right? And I guarantee you our perception is being monopolized and is not reality. And that's by looking on your screens all the time or watching the, the nightly news. The other one is, is destabilization or exhaustion. Um, and, and of course, induced destabilization, exhaustion. We're all exhausted. Everyone's exhausted. We're tired. We just want to go back. We just want to go back to normal. I just want to go back to the living. I just want to go back to being free again. Everyone is saying that. The other one after that is threats. Is that not the truth? Do we not get threatened all the time regularly if you don't wear your mask? six feet, this or that. You might, you know, they might be knocking on your door. They could take your children away. It's horrific. The other one is occasional indulgence, right? Okay, 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 now you can come out. Oh, nope, now you got to go back in. Oh, we're going to lift you into the orange tier. Oh, nope, now you're back at the red tier. Sorry, con is exhausting. The other one is omnipotence, as in um, I've got my mask, you don't, uh, or I've got my vaccination, therefore I can go back to the living, you can't. The next step is, uh, 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 well, it's well, degrading, so basically being degraded. And, um, you know, you, you, you're trying to kill grandmother, you don't care about me, you're a terrible, selfish person. Um, and then the last one is, let me see here if I can look at this, oh, enforcing trivial demands, right? Okay, you can come out, no, now you have to go in. Oh, sorry, but we, you know, we're, we're not gonna allow you in inside the store, um, or this is available to you, but not to you. Uh, yes, you can go to school, but you have to do this, you have to jump through this hoop. It's exhausting. And this is how you torture individuals and get them to capitulate and do whatever it is that they request of you, which now seeing these individuals running for these experimental inoculations, you can understand why we are where we are. Love that breakdown, Renette. When you first brought that out, it just, you know, made so much sense. And there's such a bigger, you know, narrative running that, again, it's just it's astounding to us how many people have gotten caught up in it and in different points, right? Because there's different levels of breakdown where people sort of hit their point. And I feel like so many people are succumbing to this poison because they're just tired. Like you just said, they, right. they wear you down, you're tired and just want it to end. And they think that it's going to end. But this is really just the beginning. And that's yeah. the whole, you know, for those of us that are being relentless. And I just want to just acknowledge like the, the tirelessness and just that, you know, if all of you, you, Renette, Christiane, Sherry, and I mean, we've got Simone and Dr. Batar and Dell and Pam Popper, of course, and Eric and Andy and all, like all of everyone that's in this group that the commitment to just literally be going around the clock. I'm hoping to get Sherry on next week. I'm working <laughs> with Michelle. So I just say, you just have to pop in and, and get in a conversation. But I mean, you know, I mean, she told us she's up 3 a.m. doing these, her research. So if you, you're not familiar with her stuff, definitely get on, uh, I think it's just drsherrytenpenny.com. But 
you know, we've told, been telling people forever, follow all of these individuals. We're trying to, one of our intentions is to really bring this unified conversation in, which is why we're sharing our behind the scenes conversations with all of you, recording these. And then literally, we just want these to be like seeds, seed bombs getting out there to just spread this information. So really appreciate everyone tuning in. Please put this time on your calendar, Fridays, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Share it with others. Um, get on our list at, um, you can get on my list at momolution.com. I don't know, Sovereign, is that the best? I don't even know where to direct people right now because we have so many mailing lists, but we'll have more information on that so that you can get plugged in. I think you're on here because you're on one of our mailing lists and we will be giving um, kind of some guidance on where to get this so that this these recordings can be shared and hopefully the quality will be good. Anything you want to add, Sovereign, before we close out this hour? Well, yeah. Um, one of the challenges that is, um, is is the beauty of, of Clubhouse, and I think it is really to, to ensure personal connection between people to become fostered. Um, they make it kind of challenging for people to actually get onto the Clubhouse. So if you had a challenge to get onto the Clubhouse, um, to use your invites to bring other people on and then um, remind them of these these seminal conversations that I, I just think are the the life the life energy and, and the pulse that we each benefit with to receive. Um, it's one of the reasons that, that we've both been um, so heavily involved in the behind the scenes of everything. Um, from Reclaim Your Lives and the World Health Sovereignty Summit into where we are now today. So um, this will go up on um, our podcast channel that is called... Oh, good. Where is that, Sovereign? That is on anchor.fm slash brave new life ways. Okay. Great, brave new life ways. So we'll be putting them up there. And if anybody, you know, needs that, you can reach out to, is there an email that we want to give out? <laughs> I know I that. No, I, I feel that Clubhouse is its own ecosystem, and, and I think it's Great. just about people really just reaching out to their friends and say, hey, I was on this call, it's awesome, it's available, tune in, you can just go for a walk in the park, walk your dog, or, or have a cup of coffee, or do the dishes, whatever it is that you're doing, you can just listen into this, and I think that that's something that, that, is, that is powerful, and, and Eric spoke to that as well, that... that Wherever you are, you can just you can just have this in your pocket and, and listen to it. And, and I think that that's um, there's a there's a lot of potency in that for this to scale and grow. But it's only going to grow as much as people are actually bringing more people into this. Right, love it. Thanks everyone for tuning in, and um, we'll see you next week, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're interested more about Brave New Life and the centropic relating and feeling-based conversations that we have, that's Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you follow me, both of those clubs are in my bio, so you can, um, you should follow the club. I think if you follow the club, you get the notifications. Again, we're just figuring this out. Thank you, Renette and Christiane, always for your fearless and relentless efforts. I love you. Both Thank so much you. and appreciate you. And uh, have a great week, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.